And this is season four, episode two, our new season. Hope everyone had a very meaningful Yom Kippur. How was your Yom Kippur? Um, it was good. And good? Just good. And okay. I can, I can go another day. Another day of fasting? Yeah, let's do it. I'm with you, by the way. <laughs> I'm happy you're saying that. No, no, are you serious? No, I'm not serious. <laughs> okay, because I was serious. I, I know, serious. that's what's funny. You think you can go another 36 hours easy. I know you. I do. I do. At that fact check, true. <laughs> yes. You can't do it. You I think I can. not do it. I, you know what? I was with you. We were together this Yom Kippur. That is true. And you were not yourself. In what way? You didn't have... Whoa. You, usually you have an edge to you. That was dull. It was dull. Whoa. Yeah. I'm yeah. always on edge. What are you talking about? It, well, you didn't have the energy to be on edge. You, the witty remarks weren't forthcoming. It just wasn't. Well, it is Young Kipper, you know what I'm saying? Okay. We've never Whatever. spent Young Kipper together. And you want another 36 hours? Yes, I do. Just to prove you wrong at this point. <laughs> well, we'll never get to know. Okay, so let's start with this then. What did you break your, your fast on? I had a bagel. Okay. I put some cheese on it, threw it in the oven. That was it. That was it? That was it. Half, okay. half a bagel. Half a bagel, that yeah, was it. Half a bagel, that's it. And then odds and ends, I don't know what. But the odds and ends added up. Mm, Let's no, be honest. No, I really, like, usually I, like, film myself. This time I was like, nah, I'm not doing that. Okay, so I decided not to join my family at Break the Fast. Yes, so that I would not be tempted. And instead, I sat by myself. I took out a can of tuna. You know, I was just saying this in my own mind, like you sitting in a corner somewhere in yeah, your bedroom yeah, just yes. eating a can of tuna. In the dry fetal tuna. position, crying. <laughs> <laughs> I ate a can of tuna, and that was it. You want to know something else? 100 calories in that can of tuna. I woke up this morning. I could not eat breakfast. Why? How do you explain that? You're saying you weren't hungry. Not only wasn't I hungry, but Let's just like, get one thing just out into the open. If there were a Jewish court, you would be brought up on charges. I know. For doing I, that. I realize that. You understand? It I is do like it's that. almost a cardinal sin. Like I, what are you doing? There's no mitzvah. There's no mitzvah to break your fast like that. But it's tradition. This is what it means to be Jewish. You're supposed to go crazy. I thought I was bad. Like stopping yeah. at half a bagel. You know? And no odds and ends for me either. That was it. But you want to know something? I felt great. Honestly. I woke up, I felt great. No stomach issues, no heartburn, nothing. I felt really, really good. A lot of energy, and I, I I couldn't eat breakfast. I skipped breakfast, and I wanted to eat breakfast. I was like, you know, like, oh yeah, I could have my whatever. You know, I've been fasting, could really have an awesome breakfast. I had nothing, so I don't know. I'm I'm feeling great. I feel healthy, and I think I'm gonna make this my my annual thing. And that is why I think I could have gone at least another twelve hours because I skipped breakfast today. I had coffee. I'll admit it, I had coffee, but I think I could keep going. But let's shift for a second. I mean, how was your Yom Kippur? Because I have a lot to say just in terms of my Yom Kippur. I mean, I'm exhausted okay. even today. You know, I think like having coffee after the fast is a bad idea. I don't think I slept much. I tossed, I turned. Same. But I was exhausted and I'm exhausted today. But how was how was your davening? Like, was it meaningful? Of course, it's always meaningful. You can't escape that. It's oh, almost well, I can like... escape it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm I just saying if, if you're tuned in, right, and, and you know what you're saying, it's always moving. Always. Now, there are times you're going to be seated next to certain people. Uh, bingo. Yeah. Yeah. That can be yes. a disruption. Okay. I was seated. The guy behind me, okay, 
He yawned a lot. Okay, nothing wrong with yawning. Everyone's entitled to their yawn. Yes, everyone's like you're you're working with nothing, right? Right. All your crutches are, are gone. Right. Like the the coffee and whatever you take or use to keep you awake, it's Yom Kippur separates the men from the boys. Yeah. Yes. But this guy, he he was yawning, which is fine. But this is how he yawned, and I'm going to show it to you. He would go like this every so every you know, let's say every couple of minutes, he would go like this <gasps> at the end of the yawn. Yeah, inappropriate. <laughs> inappropriate. Do you know what that does to someone? Do you know that? Well, you know me. Do you know science says that yawning is catchy? Yes, absolutely it's contagious. True. You watch someone yawn, I dare you not to yawn. Okay, but you know what's not catchy? When you hear this in your ear while you're trying to dive in, every few minutes you Do you know what that could do to a person in their davening? Do you want me to concentrate now? You expect me to concentrate? Hashem, you want me to concentrate? You sat me next to crazy yawning guy. How am I supposed to focus on anything except this guy? Okay, but it's the best case scenario. If you're going to be disturbed, you should be disturbed by a yawner, not by somebody with acid reflux. Ooh. Right. Coughing. Yeah. Snorting. There's so many. Snorting is a big thing. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people out there snort. A lot of people snorting. Yeah. And then throat clearing, excessive throat clearing. (laughs) Yes. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) You know what it is also? You're with these people, whereas normally you're with them for... Two hours, three hours max. You're with them for twelve hours. This is like a flight. Yes, <laughs> it's a plane. It's a plane ride. <laughs> you should be able to choose who you're seated next to. Yes, right. Yes, this is what shuls should. And there should be a premium, you know, <laughs> just like be, the exit row. I want to go into business class right now. Put me in business. I'll pay more. Get me away from this guy. This guy and me do not belong on the same row. Agree. Right, hundred percent. We should start this. By the way, we, we we could do it. We could make a business out of it. You know what I mean? We will create the software, and we will take a commission from every shul. Right? Yeah, so, but it has to be done in a way where like no lush and horror comes out. I mean, it is right. After <laughs> It'll you all care, be but, anonymous. Like you can't say I am not sitting next to Harvey. He snorts. No, you can't you do could. that. You could, and Harvey will never know. Only we, the site administrators, you saying because we have Tayelis. Yes, it's for a purpose and, and a no, higher purpose. And we're not going to share that, right? So you come onto the site and you say, "These are the people." You see a list of people, and you see these are the people. I do absolutely not, 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 not. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Now nobody knows anyone or and what you picked. Nobody knows. Nobody knows how you ended up in that seat. And then you come to shul, and the guy's like, "I can't believe it. I put you right next to me, and they sat me next to uh, Steve." And you're like, wow, I can't believe it. I also chose you. Little does he know, you did not choose him. Exactly. You chose you not to be. You know his habits. Yes, yes. By the way, this is a business right here. And And what we do is we take a slight commission. (laughs) Slight commission on every seat registration. We take, you know, 10%. $100, we get 10 bucks. We facilitate the whole thing. We print out the seating charts for you. We print out labels for you. Whatever you want, we got you covered. And your people are happy. The problem's going to be is what happens when <laughs> what happens when everybody doesn't want to sit next to Steve because they all know he's a crazy golfer. For and example, he gets right onto the misery run, <laughs> right next to the Rav. I don't know. I got promoted this year. <laughs> You're oh, t- <laughs> I got promoted. <laughs> but I will say, you know, all in all, so my davening was okay. Baruch Hashem could have been better. I was easily distracted, as you know I am. I mean, look, this podcast is just, I mean, doesn't it show pet peeves? You know, pet peeves just take over our lives. But I wasn't, Baruch Hashem, I was not thinking about food at all. 
I, uh, I drank a lot of Gatorade beforehand. I actually tried this new thing. Did you see? I don't know if it's new. I think it's new. It's called Gator Light, L-Y-T-E. Yes. Yeah, I've tried that. I told you. When, yes. when you told me about it, I told you it's the square bottle. Yes. And they're hard to find. They're yes. not everywhere. Yes, I found it in Walmart. And so here's the thing. You don't have to go in and buy Gator Light. All you need to do, if you want Gator Light and you're at home right now and you want to try it, you can do this at home. Take Gatorade, then take uh, you know kosher salt, and then just pour it in until it's about halfway full <laughs> with salt. Mix, mix, mix until it dissolves. I don't, re- I don't remember it being as salty as you say. I remember it being like a little thicker than the regular Gatorade. Oh, no, no. It's, it, you're basically like you're going in the ocean. It's really? like, yeah. <laughs> I'll never do it again. It's terrible. I went with regular Gatorade, which Smart. somebody told me that it's a waste of time. Incorrect. Electrolytes. It's all about the electrolytes, which really just means salt. And Gator Light has 600 milligrams of sodium. Now, listen, if you're not eating food before a fast, after a fast, I get it. But if you're having normal food, all you need is water, right? Yes. So, <laughs> so really, it is... A okay. waste of time. Okay, but you know me and you know my personality. So you could imagine me preparing for a fest. Oh, no, no, no. Right? I stocked up too. Okay. Just as guilty. I drank and drank and drank. And it was, and I knew it was working because I did not go to the bathroom. And Just I, kept uh, drinking. No bathroom. Really? <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. When you drink water, you know, you're constantly running, right? Because it goes, goes right goes through right you. Goes right through you. It doesn't go through. It goes in. It doesn't it come absorbed. out. Yeah. Your body holds on to it. You know, in the military, they give, I mean, I don't know if they still do, but I know I read about it is that they uh, very, for years, would give soldiers salt pills. And that would prevent them from dehydrating because their body would retain the water. So essentially, that's all it's doing. But I always had this question, because if you are thirsty or you are in an an emergency situation, you can't drink ocean water. Now, that should be the best water. Right. No, it's too salty. Once you pass the too salty Mm. range... This is pretty complicated. Yeah, it gets complicated. Yes. But um, speaking about... Interesting things to eat. It's not just Gator Light. There was an airport screener in the Philippines, and we have a video for you. This female security screener lifted 300 bucks from a passenger, and in order to get rid of the evidence, she actually ate it, and they caught her on camera. She ate the money. Ate the money. Here's the the video. I just want to know if it was hundreds or if it was 20s. Like, how much is she willing to digest? Well, here's the video. You can watch her eat it. Uh, not much sound. We're going to share this in the WhatsApp, and you see her stuffing it in her face. She's got the bottle of water, and she washes it down, and then they- I thought it was pretzels, to be honest. So interesting that you say that, because when they confronted her, she said, oh, no, 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 that was just chocolate. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was green, just eating chocolate. Green chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> and she licks her fingers. So, you know, there is something to it. Yeah, well, she it knows she's on camera. It's not like she doesn't know. She's trying to do this whole charade because she knows she's being seen. Yes, but I can't imagine she really... I mean, she knows there's cameras. I don't think she knew she was being... She didn't realize she was being videoed. She was counting on, like, the bank camera footage. Yes. You know, <laughs> they have high def in this, in this airport. So this went viral. And, like, of course, you know, everybody picked up on it. So, like... Great, great advertisements coming out of it, you know. So, like, uh, there's, you know, one of these kiosks in the airport, food kiosks in that same airport. It showed, like, snacks in an airport, $300. Snacks by us, $20. Right. right. <laughs> but they're always overpriced. At least they have a good benchmark now. 
Well, anyway, they did fire her, <laughs> even though she claims it was chocolate. She's yep. been fired. When you brought this up, I thought you were going to talk to me about the uh, the TSA agents that oh, right. got caught at the airport. Which airport was it? That was Miami International. And they're on camera just lifting 600 bucks out of somebody's carry-on. Yeah. Right after it's going through the x-ray. Yeah, it's insane. And again, they're on camera. What are they thinking? Well, it's interesting, uh, CBS News covering it, and they asked the passenger, and the quote from the passenger is, quote, I think they have a lot of nerve because don't they realize they're on camera? <laughs> right. Like, yeah. it doesn't make sense to me. Like, make it make sense. I, I think it I think it makes sense. Um, if you think about the amount of footage that they have on any given day, it's astronomically high. Unless somebody catches you, and unless somebody investigates, nobody's looking at that footage. So you think this is the only time this dude who stole the 600... Oh, you think that's the first time and the only thing he ever stole? Right. That's a good point. He's been doing it for years. So unless they're watching at the time. Right. Or unless somebody makes a stink and says, my money. You, you remember, the, I, I forget the story, but there was recently where somebody started screaming that the TSA agent stole. And they went and the TSA agent was like, calm down, calm down. Here it is. We found it. Yeah. <laughs> we found it we found in it. my pocket. Here it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is, this is our society, unfortunately. Uh, a as a follow-up, by the way, you know, uh, from our phobias, we covered a bunch of stories uh, about roller coasters getting stuck. It happened again. You know, for some reason, the things that you bring up seem to keep happening. <laughs> Is this you? That's what, that's what I want to know. It's like I and her? Right. Something like that. Like you're bringing this energy out and it keeps happening. Or is it just Hashem is giving me <laughs> material for the guest? Maybe. You know, I've told you this recently. It's like some of the stories, it's almost like it's <laughs> the stories are writing themselves for us. You can't make it up, right? The air <laughs> right. show crashes. Yeah. It's yeah. almost like Hashem is like, you know what, boys? I'm gonna. This one's on me. Here's <laughs> another see, air show crash. There, there was, there was uh, another one. A bad, wasn't an air show, but somebody was jumping out of a plane. Uh, experienced, experienced skydiver. Oh, a wing. Uh, yeah. uh, what is it called? A, a wingsuit diver. Yeah. Those guys. And yes. the wing of the plane clipped his head right off. Yes. Clean. Yes. <laughs> the way you say it. Clean off. I mean, it's a serious point. I, I know. <laughs> But, you know, it's just a freak accident. Well, And he's being brought up on charges. Because the plane, he says that the wingman took the wrong route. But they say that the plane took the wrong route. And so he's being brought up on charges. Yeah, yeah manslaughter. It's not a joke. Was it manslaughter, though? You know what I'm saying? Because I mean, I'm sure they're going to do a deep investigation a into deep the dive. personal. <laughs> see what deep, I did there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Deep dive into their personal lives to see if they intersected anywhere. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But anyway, this roller coaster happened in Ontario, and they got stuck upside down for half an hour. Upside down for half an hour. Okay, if nobody is losing their lives, then it's a victory. Because did you see there was one in India? A roller coaster? It wasn't a roller coaster. It was one of those things where everyone's seated in like a circle, and it just goes up on a yes. on a thing. I didn't see the story, but yeah. On like a pillar, it goes right. up. And then it just drops you. And and no, 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 it right. It's goes supposed down, to, and then it comes goes up, down. Then exactly. Down. But right. this one just went straight down. Straight down. Crashed? Crashed straight down. Were the people okay? I don't know. I didn't read the whole story. Well, that... I was like, this happened. Mental note. We're not doing any more, any more rides. Here it is. Here's the video. Look. Oh! Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's brutal. Oh my gosh. All right, we we have the video here. I, I, 
I don't know if we're going to include this video. <laughs> this I, I happened think, in 2022, but yeah, it's scary. I don't know why I saw it recently, but I feel like it's it's non-graphic, right? You do see like people getting jolted. Oh, this is <laughs> <laughs> but this no, is not graphic to you. <laughs> okay, no, no blood, no gore. Right? Okay. Well, uh, on the plus side, um, people were injured. Nobody lost their lives, so that's right. A plus. That's what I, that, that's what I mean. Yeah, so anyways, <laughs> if the phobia before didn't stop you from taking rides, yeah, you may want to rethink the rides. Yeah, and Halloween it's coming up. Yes. Right? Yes. I mean, what else is there to do? Right. If you're not going to do like a Six Flags or some right. other theme park, right? Yeah, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. I think I may get stuck doing it. Like the kids are really pushing. Okay, just remember when you were on that ride, have me in mind. I'm just gonna go on the ones that have like the four foot, you know, drops. No, no, the four foot height requirement. <laughs> you know, and they stop you. Like, no, 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 I'm going on this ride. <laughs> I'm sorry, sir. But speaking of the upcoming Yontiv, did you get your set yet? Well, I didn't. I, I mean, who has time? We just finished Young Kipper, and now we only have a few days, and I got to get a sucker ready. I, I mean, come on. There are some, like, overzealous people that have it before Young Kipper. Like, I don't even know how it stays. I guess it, they're just getting their Esrig, right? Esrig has a long shelf life. And so does Alulav, really. It's just the Hadassim and the Aravas, they, they don't. But, yeah, Esrig. And, and you have to remember, these things were probably picked, like, a month ago or so. Right. You know, coming from uh, Morocco and Spain and uh, Israel, of course. Well, I, first of all, you know what happened in Morocco. Tremendous earthquake. Yes. I'm wondering if that's going to affect the prices. Well, they're going to say it did. We know <laughs> Either that. Either way. It Either just keeps way. going up. The price just keeps going up. And every year there's a new excuse. Yeah. How, how is that? I make sure you get your olive olives. Right. 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 <laughs> I mean, these are willow branches, but they've got to be olive olive. No, it's the other ones. It's the myrtles that are the olive olive, right? But, you know, whatever. It, the price. All I know is that the prices keep going up, and they just keep charging us for things that used to be free. The whole thing's a racket, to be it's perfectly honest with you. And I'll, I'll say this, because I always feel like a little weird saying it, you know, because, you know, you got to do it. But the whole idea of Sukkis is... That it shouldn't cost wait, wait, wait. money. You're going in. You're going into schmooze mode. No, 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 no. I'm preparing myself for okay. schmooze mode. But but listen, the whole idea of the yuntif is it shouldn't cost any money. I'm giving you hey, make a hut, use whatever grows as your right, right. Um, find stuff, forage for your items. <laughs> forage. <right? laughs> it's a treasure hunt, right? You should not be spending in the thousands of dollars That's true. for this yuntif. That's, That's true. That's the reality, right? That, That's true. And then look what and, has occurred. Uh, and of course, the whole concept of a sukkah is that you leave your comfortable home and you go into this Yeah, and you rough it. Hut, yeah. Right? You go into a hut and it's the great standardizer. Is that a word? In other words, we're all the same. Now. Right. doesn't matter how beautiful your house is. Yeah, of course, people have beautiful sukkahs, but everyone's got the same schach. You know, it's it's the great... Equalizer. Equalizer. Thank you. That's the right word. Yeah. You're right. You're right. And it's turned into... And even worse than the sellers are, you know, the competition, the fashion show of the esrog in the shul. Yeah. I don't want to be part of that fashion show. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see mine? And people are coming, waiting on a line, showing it to the rub. They know it's kosher. Right? Yes. We've said this already. Yes. But they just want to show it off, right? Yeah. Spending six and seven hundred dollars, 
on it, an it's S-Rank? more than that. I know people who spent more. It, it's to me, it's bonkers. I don't care how much money you have. It's it's not. It doesn't matter, right? Agreed. And then people are going to say, "Well, hedir mitzvah, and you should, if you have it, you should spend it on a mitzvah. Oh, but you could spend it on a watch, or you could spend it on a new pair of Ferragamos. No, there's certain things that are normal. It is not normal to spend five hundred dollars plus. On an esrig, or four hundred, or three hundred, for that matter. Here's what you do. Next guy who tells you that, you ask him the following question: How much did you spend on your esrig during COVID? Hmm. Okay, when you weren't showing it to anybody, and you weren't. Oh, 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 oh that's not a bletel. That's that, that's how it grew, and it's, it's perfect. How much did you spend when nobody could see it? Interesting. That's what I want to know. You know, and these guys. You know, you, you ever see the the, the giant esrogim? You ever see those big, big ones? Uh, I think they're Temani. Is that what it is? Yeah. I don't know what they are. I've never had one. Can't afford one of those. <laughs> it's super smooth. <laughs> <laughs> like it's on rails. No, and like, I, by the way, I wouldn't even want one of those. I don't want a heavy item now. You know. <laughs> right, right, right. You're lugging it to you're shul. You're lugging it, and, right. and, and you're holding it during davening. You're holding a heavy thing. That's Not two-handed. It's almost they have these two-handed yes. esrogs. But you know what? Anyone who has one of those only has one reason to have it. Because everyone in the shul now, there's no way you could not notice that guy. Correct. He doesn't have to show it to you and be like, oh, did you see my esrog? No, yeah, of course we saw your esrog. It's bigger than your head. I'm just saying, do not show me your esrog. I have a pocket full of toothpicks and it will get stabbed. <laughs> Punctured. <laughs> <laughs> you weren't sure if it was kosher? Well, now it's definitely not. Uh, okay, well, there's a lot going on in the country. You know, we do have to... You know, cover some of what the news, some of what's been going on. Uh, we're going to lead off here with uh, our king, and that is none other than Joe Biden. Oh, I will call him King Biden because, uh, I, I mean, this is already, I think it's over a week old, but with the stroke of his pen, he gave 500,000 Venezuelan migrants the legal ability to work. Just like that. Something that we thought Congress had to do, just like he did with student loans. Stroke of the pen. Okay, Venezuelans. But can they vote? They cannot. Okay. So at least it's a little bit of L'Shem Shemayim. No, no. I don't I don't necessarily have a problem with this. I don't have a problem with it. I don't have a problem with uh, illegal immigrants working, helping society. Yes, would I like for them to pay taxes? I would. That would be nice. But what bothers me is that he just went on his own. Rogue. Rogue. And... and it, again, if this was a Republican doing something like this, do you think people would be saying, I mean, when Trump used to do, you know, things that were not even this, with this many repercussions, cries of fascism, he's a fascist, he's a fascist. This is not a defense of, of Trump, it's not. But the point is, is that when you have a president that just goes out on his own and makes, you know, makes policies like this without including any voting, any Congress, anything from the people, I, I mean, you're acting like a, president or a dictator well does it have like an expiration date or is it permanent because i don't think the president can do such a thing on a permanent but what's basis the difference well for these five hundred thousand people i guess nothing right and and it's just not it's just not cool that's what i'm saying and trump for his part <laughs> he went to the opposite extreme so trump promised now on the campaign trail that if he's elected he will have the largest quote largest domestic deportation operation in american history <laughs> <laughs> I can't get through it. 
You know what? They get nervous. Yeah. The immigrants do get very nervous. Yes. And when you even just say the word Trump to them, because everybody's got illegal immigrants in the vicinity, right? Yes. You know some. Some of them are maybe working in the shul. Yes. Right? Yes. And the minute you say Trump, they turn white. Senor, I only put on the AC if you don't vote for Trump. <laughs> so we didn't get a chance to cover, speaking of Trump, we didn't get a chance to cover this, but Trump did, you know, a lot of politicians uh, release tweets or, or X's. What are they called now? <laughs> I don't know. I don't have the term in my in my head. I think they're still tweets for now. Okay. Because you can't, like, just, you can't call them X's. They don't make sense. Well, most news articles, when they refer to Twitter, they say... Tweets. No, they, they say... Uh, they Formerly the, known yes, as, as Twitter. Known as Twitter, right. exactly. Uh, which, to me, is like the greatest trolling that Elon Musk has done was by changing the name and forcing the entire media to write X.com, X. formerly known as Twitter. So he, you know, as many politicians do, they release, you know, uh, holiday wishes. And we'll, we'll talk about some of them, and then we'll get back to Biden. But Trump released a... Uh, truth, <laughs> not even a tweet. <laughs> he released a truth uh, in honor of Rosh Hashanah, and this is what it said: "Quote, just a quick reminder for liberal Jews who voted to destroy America and Israel because you believed false narratives." Exclamation <laughs> point. Let's hope you learn from your mistake and make better choices moving forward. Happy New Year. <laughs> At least he wants the Jewish vote. Okay, but that's a little bit... <laughs> We're a tiny fraction. I'm not sure he realizes that. <laughs> he can get all, every single Jewish person. It won't even make a dent in his numbers. But I love that he could just say all that <laughs> and then go, Happy New Year. <laughs> you Jews better learn or else. Happy New Year, by the way. <laughs> but speaking of holiday wishes, did you see the wish from Elon Musk? Yes, it did. Now, it came like it was like off... The timing was off. It came actually on, on Yom, Yom Kippur. Kippur. <laughs> okay, but there are many, many Jews. But you know, he, in his tweeted, he tweeted two words. Easy, fast. I loved it. Loved it. Short, succinct, to the Great. point. You can't nail him on anything. He's caring about the person. Let me ask you a question. If, if Elon Musk was an anti-Semite, would he be tweeting easy, fast? And just stum, just like that. Yeah, clearly not. He didn't. He didn't write "Hey Jews." He didn't. He just wrote "Easy Fest." Hey Jews. You know what I mean? <laughs> You'd make a good anti-Semite. On this, <laughs> hey Jews. On this, young Kipper, hope, hoping you all have an. No, like he's talking to a friend. Bro, have an easy fest. I loved it. I loved it. I, I mean, he could have included meaningful. Come on, easy, meaningful, fast. Why? I'm just saying. He's keeping it real. If, if you want to make it better, we can make it better. So. Maybe next like year it. we'd get easy, meaningful, fast out of Elon Musk. Well, at least he didn't do what Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene did, and that was tweet out to all those preparing for the solemn day of Yom Kippur, I wish you a meaningful fast, Gamar Chasim with a picture of a menorah. I saw it, but does the menorah like just signify Judaism at this point? I was thinking that, but it's an eight candelabra. Hmm. I don't think she's That's, so versed in the nuances of, you know, Judaic culture. I mean, she got killed for it. She really? Got, yeah, yeah. She because there killed. was a chauffeur there. That's got to count for something. Right. It's like somebody wrote, like, could you not have your team just Google Jew stuff <laughs> and <then> tweet it? <laughs> and then there, the, I mean, a lot of famous people. Um, one guy wrote, everyone's making fun of Marjorie Taylor Greene for putting a menorah on a Yom Kippur message, but in her defense, she thought it was an eight-pronged Jewish space laser, 
But that's too obvious. Yeah. I need it to be a little least, bit more clever. At least it wasn't matzah, right? <laughs> Can we look at the bright side a little that's bit? That's true. And in Marjorie Taylor Greene's defense, the New York Police Department actually did the same thing. They made the same mistake, and then they deleted it. They, really? Yes. Because they have too many Jewish friends. But Like but, that minute some liaison called them up and said, listen, listen, you got to delete the menorah. Okay, but, but the thing is, MTG... You she know, doesn't have that kind of reach. Right. And for, for a New York organization, institution... More of a busha. A huge busha. You represent... The largest concentration of Jews in the country is in New York. Okay? So it's not that difficult to see how this happened. But getting back to Biden for a second. So Biden is, as we said... Listen, I'm going to say... I've gone public with this before. I do not believe he's going to be the next president. Uh, I believe he's going to be replaced. Uh, I think it's becoming more and more obvious... If Kennedy decides that he's going to run as a third party, I think that clinches it, and that guarantees that the Democrats will not win the next election. And there is talk. He's claiming that he will not, but there's talk that he will. Uh, Hillary Clinton came out saying she's afraid. A lot of Democratic insiders are starting to get worried. The polls are going in Trump's favor. Uh, I've said it repeatedly. Trump cannot get elected. That's my personal opinion. But if a third party person comes in, and they split the Democratic vote, all bets are off. Trump is now favored to win according to the gambling betting odds. Really? Which, as you know, that's something I, I follow very I closely. I know that's very close to your heart, the gambling yes, odds. Because I, I trust the people who put their money where their mouth is more than these pundits. Even you know, on any, you know, any of these pollsters or whatever, I trust them a lot more. I trust the, the betters a lot more than I trust the New York Times. A lot more than I trust the Washington Post. Oh, and we will get back to the Washington Post shortly. I'm not done with the Washington Post. But when you mention Trump, he's also opted out of the second Republican debate. Of course. He's not going to do it. I mean, it's a little insulting. It's very insulting. I'd like to hear what he has to say this time around. I don't want to download truth.com. I just don't want to. <laughs> you will. <laughs> He's basically saying, I don't gyrus any of these people. But that's... They're but, not even on the radar. But you're they don't not belong being, here. But it means you're not being gyrus the, the voter. Yes. And that's not cool. But it doesn't matter because his poll numbers keep going up. People like when he does things like this. They like it and he keeps doing better. And... He doesn't need to. He knows that his. It, he knows he has the the primary done, right? He has it won. Why should he do anything else? It can only bring him down. So I guess that's what they're telling him, like yeah. in his war room. It could only bring you down. It could only bring you down, Mr. President. But um, and and back to Biden for a second. He is not doing well. Well, so, another uh, misstep, I, I guess you can call it, coming off of a Air Force One plane, and like they're they're giving him. They're coaching him now. Yes, so very that he good. he shouldn't fall. So we actually, a, a, a listener submitted article. This was from Amir. Uh, he, yes, they we, we covered on the cast that they're using the other staircase on Air Force One, right? There's a staircase that goes directly to the cockpit, and it's half the length of stairs. Baby so steps. Baby steps. They've been p- putting them on, on, you know, letting him use those stairs. But, but you now, have to wonder why that exists. Like, why do they have these half steps, like short pilots? Like, why? No, I, I think it's just so that the pilots and some of the crew don't have to go into the main cabin. They could go directly and yeah, you but know, the I president know, is sealed. I know why they the have cabin. a separate staircase. I just don't know why it's so small. Well, because the cockpit, I believe, is lower. On I think it's a 747. 
and the 747 you know the, the cockpit area is lower so it's it's it, it doesn't take as much to get into it i believe so logical reasons i think there are logical reasons but yes what you're saying is true uh his team is trying to coach him on they got him a physical therapist he's been tripping he's been knocking things down uh, i was going to mention here's a video he walked on stage uh he was with the brazilian president and he walks on stage and here it is you could see he knocks into the flag and he looks at the flag like like would you what you see <laughs> why are you in my way <laughs> <laughs> like it came out of nowhere that flag where'd that flag come from it's embarrassing you know uh in, in another case biden was at a campaign reception in manhattan last week and he told a story and then he continued and then he repeated the exact same thing word for word i word saw for that word and that was like at a donor's home was it at a donor's home? Yeah, it, it wasn't like publicly televised. Oh, that's why there's no video. Right. Uh, yeah, because I looked for the video, couldn't get the video. Right, but the people that left were like, OMG, yeah. what did we just witness? Yeah, yeah, this is crazy stuff. But I think people are starting to get keen to it. And I think even like even the news, there's a lot more talk about Biden's health. You can't avoid it. There's just too many of these things. And speaking of which... I mentioned Washington Post. We're going to get into Washington Post. I remember, like, the, uh, the story is in my mind somewhere. I just uh, don't know what you're getting at. Because I vented to you and you said, save it. Save it, bro. Save it for the cast. Could be. So there's a, uh, there's a man who uh, was quite successful. He created a, a successful website, uh, sold the website. Now this guy, uh, I'm not mentioning his name because I don't want to necessarily, you know, give him free promotion. I, I'm not sure that we want everybody going and checking out this guy. But... He goes now and he does pizza reviews and he travels the country and he goes to these, you know, pizza shops all over. He takes a, you know, a bite of pizza. He says it's just one bite, but it's not. He always <laughs> takes multiple bites. A maven yoven. And he, he, you know, and he rates these pizza shops. He's gone to several kosher pizza stores and rated them. And and it's a huge boost huge. For, for the business. Whatever pizza shop he's reviewing, pizza shop, listen to me, whatever place he's reviewing is uh just gets an insane amount of business after that exactly so so he did this thing this past weekend called pizza fest where he got a whole bunch of like pizza places uh this was in new york and they had like a, a, a like a pizza carnival almost and it's nice it helps small business i mean not not much you could find fault with it the washington post apparently was contacting sponsors with like a wink wink saying are you sure you want to sponsor this? You know, this person has a, a history of, of you know, being uh, acting Misogynistic comments. Exactly. And he's problematic. Exactly. Yeah. Now, why in the world is a journalist or a newspaper, this is activism. You're there to report the news. You're not there to go to somebody and try to get them canceled. This is the Washington Post. And wait, the reporter claimed that she was trying to get a comment out of the sponsor. And in order to do that, you know, she had to push buttons, so to speak. So that was her defense, I guess. But again, why would you just trash someone's event? And there's an implication there that if you if you stay a sponsor of this, you know, we're going to write about it. And associate you with it. Right, right. So he went on the attack, actually. And he called the reporter, which I think was an amazing move. Uh, I'll play you a, a little bit of it. Hey, Emily. Uh, I'm recording you right now, but 
I've noticed a bunch of people. You're, it seems like you're sending. We have this pizza fest happening on Saturday, and you're reaching out to our advertisers, and you're basically sending an email that says to the effect, "Dave's a misogynic racist. Do you want to defend yourselves advertising at this event?" Right? I'm sorry. What's I'm the guy you're writing the article about. Oh, hey, how are you? Good. Good. No, I'm. I'm well, I, I can I can read if you want. If you want, I can read what you actually sent. I have it. Yeah, yeah, read because I, I. Okay, uh, we are planning to write about the festival and how and how some of the sponsors and participants have drawn criticism by seemingly to associate themselves with Dave, who has a history of misogynic comments and other problematic behavior. I want to make sure that Blank had a chance to respond to this, since the company is the most prominent and their partners of his festival. Oh, that's the one I sent to, which was definitely the most pointed of them because. I really did want them to respond, and I was hoping to get something from them. Do you think that's fair? Like, I, I totally disagree with the assertions of what you said, that misogenic and all that stuff. So, like, it kind of backs people into a corner. So I'm happy to go over anything. I mean, you have – that is pretty pointed. You said you didn't do it. Then I have the exact evidence of you doing it. So no, I didn't say I didn't do that. I said I did. That was the one that was the most – Well, no, you, you, that went before I – before I provided proof, you said you didn't really remember doing that. And then I read it to you and you're like, oh, yeah, I did it that one time. So you did do it. Um, I'm happy to talk about the comments because to me, it's kind of like torturous interference. Like we're doing an event. Everyone's happy about the event. Uh, you know, I've raised 50 million for small business. I've helped pizza. None of that. It's Dave's misogenic and problematic. And I'm happy to talk about it because to me, nobody would like if someone's going around sending that email to their sponsors, and again, you're not like questioning. You're, you're, it's almost like a statement of fact. This is what I am. Um, I do want to talk to you, um, and I just want you to know that the story I'm working on, I'm working on with a colleague, um, and I want to kind of loop him on this because we did want to talk to you. And we were when were you, when were you going to reach out? We were planning on doing it tomorrow morning, but... Hmm. Um, so you're going to write the article and then give me... Like, I've had that a bunch. People write no, a full no, article and then give me the points no, no, after. We're doing a bunch of, no, we're doing a bunch of reporting, and we wanted to make sure that when we finally did talk to you, we could really kind of present what, you know, or talk about things more fully based on... Like what? what like, it sounds like you have your opinion made of me based on no, that email. No, no. Uh-uh. So then how, if you don't have your opinion made of me, how do you say in an intro email the history of misogenic comments and other problematic behavior? That's how you introduce the email. Yeah. So, look, I just want you to know, no, I, I want to talk to you about this, but... Um, I don't you think you should that. talk to me before sending that email? What I wanted to do is I wanted to talk when we had, we were to have some specific questions for you, and so I wanted to kind of have the full idea of what we that's were not a full idea like you, the, anybody who's rationally reading that email being sent to an advertiser would have to be like this is a hit piece and you have your mind made up why else oh, would you no. put i mean it's worth noting that misogenic is not a word <laughs> <laughs> it's misogynistic yeah <laughs> poor guy but he's he's a fighter he just fights back he doesn't take it laying down where so many others that do end up getting canceled or hurt financially in whatever way they just they freeze yes. like they're a deer in the headlights they don't know what to do and then inevitably they just fall away he is just a fighter and he doesn't take it because he knows what he's doing he's doing for the benefit of of these small businesses. Yes, I agree. 
I agree. And I mean, my main point here is the Washington Post is trash. <laughs> That's my point. <laughs> right. I mean, you know how I feel about the New York Times. The Washington Post is world's worse than the New York Times. I, I, I just happened to be seeing an article about uh, Israel. And I mean, this is not an op-ed. This is just an article. And this is, I'll just read to you from the article. As Palestinians in the nearby West Bank have endured their deadliest year in decades, it has been a rare summer of quiet in the Gaza Strip. Okay, pause. So the Palestinians in the Gaza Strip have endured deadliest year in decades. Who, whose fault is that? Okay, there's implications. And then it says, but in late August, Israel put a halt to new work permits, accusing Hamas, the Islamic, Islamist militant group that governs this blockaded territory, of being behind terrorist attacks in the West Bank. So <laughs> Hamas <laughs> is a recognized terrorist organization who openly calls for Israel's destruction, who has openly called to attack Jews everywhere in the world. And the, the, the author of the article is like, well, they've had to endure a very difficult time in the Gaza Strip. Israel claims it's Hamas, but we know the truth. Israel won't give work permits. You know what? Maybe, I mean, maybe I'm crazy. Maybe it's the terrorist organization that shoots missiles from schools. Maybe they have something to do with it. Maybe they're at fault. No, it's Israel's fault. Well, you know what? Washington Post, you have now shown your true colors. Thanks to this gentleman for bringing it out. Now the whole world sees what you really are. Yeah, you can't deny this. And now I, I'm, I'm good now. I got that off my chest. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we can move on now. And uh, another follow-up. Our favorite senator, John Fetterman, he says that he will wear a suit in Congress if it will save the country. I'm not sure which one is more painful to see. John <laughs> Fetterman in a suit. <laughs> or in the or, hoodie. Or in the hoodie and shorts. You know, because he doesn't fill it out. You yeah. know, it's like, it's like big, it's he looks boxy. Weird. Yeah, yeah, he looks he just, weird. Maybe he belongs in a hoodie and shorts. By Some the way, people just are. By the way, Young Kipper, did you see the guy who looked like John Fetterman? He was davening with us. Did you see him? I'm trying to think. There was a guy, he looked like John Fetterman. And I wanted to tell you, but I didn't want to ruin the mood. <laughs> I didn't want to ruin your davening because, as you could tell, I was thinking about a lot of different things. Yeah, you were not very focused, I, I, this I, Yom Kippur. I, I'm easily distracted. <laughs> you, you weren't doing that? You, I didn't you, notice. I did not notice him. God bless you. Really? God bless you. I hope you davened for me because obviously- <laughs> <laughs> You did not make the list. So sorry. Yes. Okay, but speaking about Israel, you know, Netanyahu spoke at the UN. That's big news. And uh, I want to actually play for you. So you remember we covered the faux pas that he made where he said, um, you know, and the, got the Haredim very upset, where he said that, uh, you know, God hasn't always, you know, watched over, watched us. over us in Europe. But in the UN, he said this. Ladies and gentlemen, over three millennia ago, our great leader Moses addressed the people of Israel as they were about to enter the promised land. He said they would find there two mountains facing one another. Mount Gerizim, the site on which a great blessing would be proclaimed, and Mount Ebal, the site of a great curse. Moses said that the people's fate would be determined by the choice they made between the blessing and the curse. That same choice has echoed down the ages, not just for the people of Israel, but for all humanity. 
I love that he's bringing in biblical references. For love, sure. love. He he does this sometimes. He I does know. It. I've seen it. I don't love that he's equating himself to Moses. <laughs> Is it just me? <laughs> I love. Listen, you know I love Netanyahu. Look, he has his faults. To me, like you said last episode, he is such a statesman. He speaks perfectly, speaks, he has a command of the language, he gets his points across, he owns that stage when he speaks, and I, I love watching him. I agree. I'm I'm with you on that. I just, you know, just little, a little nitpick <laughs> is you're, you're just not Moses. He also spoke about Iran, obviously. He also spoke about AI, and he spoke about how AI, you know, has the potential for great good, but has the potential for a lot of danger. I and wonder if he got that from Elon Musk. Yeah, very possibly. Probably. Very possibly. And I don't know if you saw this, by the way. It, we didn't We didn't get a chance to talk about it before Yom Kippur, but the Israeli police before Yom Kippur actually advised people to carry guns on Yom Kippur. I did see that. It gave me a little stomachache because you never know what's going to go down. Thank God everything was smooth. But the actual threat came from left-wing Israelis. Is did that you, true? Did you see that? I didn't see that. Uh, um, they were interrupting certain Yom Kippur services oh, and protesting. That's ridiculous. Like Tel Aviv. That's disgusting. Yeah. In Tel Aviv, it was happening um, and just disappointing, you and know, because the passion and the, the, the hatred, I don't want to use that word, but the, the, the sentiment runs so deep when it comes to this judicial reform. And it's, to me, a little crazy because they just... Again, we're just coming closer to the way America actually runs. Right. 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 And then there's in certain such ways, in certain ways not, but yeah, essentially, essentially, he is there. Definitely, it's definitely imbalanced right now. Definitely needs some reform now. Whether he's going too far, okay, that's a good debate. But regardless, but you know what? What does that have to do with my davening? Like, that's why are so you Israeli. My but it's so Israeli to just you know, it's not even Israeli. It's just good negotiation, right? Ask for too much. Right, and then we'll we'll settle where Pull we want to be. Right, right. It's a, a very Jewish way to do it. <laughs> exactly. But what what got me was like, the police are telling Israelis to carry their guns. Like, if they didn't tell them to carry their guns, were they not carrying their guns? Right. <laughs> I kind of right. No, but you know what? These little places or smaller shuls that you know, yeah, you don't really need it. You know. Yeah, but but if you, if you're an Israeli and you're a gun owning Israeli, as many of them are. Did you need the police to tell you to carry? I don't need nothing. My M16 going to be with me the whole Yom Kippur. <laughs> you understand? I eat with it. I sleep with it. It go to the mikveh with me. <laughs> you understand? I don't go anywhere without my Uzi. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I thought that was interesting. And in other Jewish news, I mean, this is, this is big. This is really big. Mexico is on track to have its first female president, first Jewish female president. That is bananas. Isn't that crazy? That's great. And and you know what's crazy is I was hoping her name was going to be Maria Perez. Not because I'm racist, but because I wanted there to be, a, a, you know, I wanted them to see, you know, Jews can be presidents. They could be professionals. We're just like you. You know, no reason for anti-Semitism. But her name is Claudia Scheinbaum. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, a little too Jewish for you. Yeah, it was a little bit of a letdown, <laughs> I have to admit. <laughs> Do you think she will keep the Shabbat? <laughs> I don't know. But Claudia is a good Mexican name. We just need to uh, practice the Scheinbaum. <laughs> That's the hard part, you know? 
It's almost like uh, Claudia Sanchez, <laughs> but uh, different. You know, Shangbang, like this. So that was that was exciting stuff. I mean, I'm look for. I look forward to it. Yeah, I think she's going to win. I mean, she's like the clear front runner. I mean, I, I don't know if I'd want to be president in Mexico just because, unfortunately, you know, Mexican politicians have a very bad history of bad things happening to them. There's a lot of corruption. Yeah, but she's going to be the number one. I mean, she right. will have intense amount of security around her, and I think it's great for the Jewish community. And they have a great Jewish community in Mexico. Like I've been they do, there. Yes. And it's, oh, have you? Yeah. It's a, it's oh. just it's it's a beautiful city. It's the people are warm. They're welcoming. It's just you can't really ask for more in a Jewish community because it's close. It's not a huge Jewish community. Right. So it's tight knit. Everybody knows everybody. Well, Spartan, right? No. Oh, it's not. Absolutely not. No, they have two different shuls. Um, but it's just a great experience. You're talking about Mexico City. Mexico City, just beautiful. And when you go there, do you, do you speak that way? <laughs> and I try to, you know, fit in. You know? <laughs> How's your Spanish? Can you, it's can, good. Can you get it's by? Good. Si, senor. Give us a sample. Si, senor. I could get by. That's my sample. No, because what Ejemplo. I want to know is when you speak Spanish, do you speak like a native? Or is it only when you're speaking Spanglish? When I speak Spanish, people ask me, where are you from? No. Word. In Mexico? In Mexico, not really in Mexico. I can't, I don't remember. It's been a bit, it's been a little bit, but when I do it here, right, and I speak to native speakers, they're like, "Oh, like where are you from?" Wow. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yes. And we have you here on the podcast. How lucky are we? <laughs> <laughs> Count your blessings. <laughs> well, pulling back to New York for a second, uh, Prince William was in New York. Did you know that? I did not. Did you care? Do you, do you care now that you know? <laughs> I did not. Do not. But you know what? The UN week kind of took all the uh, all the press. Right. Well, Prince William was here, and he went for a jog in Central Park. And you know what else happened? Tell me. Nobody noticed or cared. <laughs> <laughs> and all the news is covering it that way. Prince William reveals he went jogging in Central Park, and no one noticed him. And it actually says that he got the full New York experience because while he was running... A rat scurried right across, you know, where he was running. He didn't flinch. He was like, cool. But does he, like, go jogging with security like presidents do? It didn't say. You know, I was wondering that. It didn't say in the article. I'm, I'm assuming he must have. I but, guess he, ha- he is a royal. I yeah. Mean, you know, is he... Nobody knows what that means, but... No, he's heir to the throne. He's <laughs> right. he's next up. That's right. a serious position. I mean, we talked a little bit about this when, uh, when Pr- Prince Charles, now King Charles, became king we don't know exactly what the royals do like what's their job can't right. do that much <laughs> right. they don't have that they're, much to do they're not allowed to hold a job right you know that. right yes so like what is he really doing we don't know it's benefits and you know uh, charitable work and just being a part of the royal family that's the job oh. representing oh. the united it's a dean in the gavra kingdom <laughs> that's what they do so and, but it's interesting that he saw the rat and nothing didn't flinch. And well, I you, live in New York and I see rats and I flinch when I see them. I do too. I see them. I see a lot of them. A lot of rats. But you don't know what's going on in Buckingham Palace. That's true. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that place is old. Yeah. Yeah. They've <laughs> got to have a rat infestation. This is not the first rat he's seen. And by the way, the rat problem is out of control in New York. It, and it's spreading. It's not just New York City anymore. I mean, it's New York City, but it's including the five boroughs. In Brooklyn, I mean, w- we hail from Brooklyn. There's a lot of rats. 
Have you seen people with videos? I'm getting WhatsApps of videos and it's crazy. I see them on the train. I see a lot of them on the train. Uh, interestingly, this morning I was, this morning, I was, it was very early and I hear scurrying outside oh, no. my window. Oh no. And it's like banging and like, it was short, but I looked out the window and there was a cat with a rat between his teeth. No. Word. That's awesome. Yeah. No, it was great. I was like, I woke up my wife. Why, I'm like, hey, look, look, look. Why don't you take a video? I, there was no time. It happened so fast. That's like the Serengeti. Was, like you don't have to no, go no, on no. the African safari, bro. <laughs> you have it in your house. Like I woke up the family and like they all saw the the cat with the rat in, in its mouth. How big was the rat? It was- Big, uh, right? At least a foot. Wow. It was a big dude. A foot? Yeah. Wow. They're big. They're, They're big. Rats yes. are big. But nobody was amused. Nobody has rats like we have them. We have the biggest <laughs> no, rats. My family was not amused. Like we could have, like had this day and not have have see seen this. this. Yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't want to see that. It's right. scary. But, you know what's scarier than the rats are the possums. You ever see the possums? Yes, but I, I I've said this before. They're gentle animals. They are the possums, and they're very beneficial. They're just ugly. They're scary as anything. Yeah, they don't they don't like they have very bad PR. Yes, because they just they look like gigantic rats right and they're really just kind souls that's right. how i see them that's that's true yeah but, but they're scary as anything but when i saw this uh cat eat the rat i was thankful for the cats yes you know yes. which i really generally they're a nuisance to we me. hate them yes yeah. yes but you know the rat problem has gotten so bad that there are now uh tour guides who give tours of new york's most rat infested areas where tourists go at night uh, yeah just to be freaked out yeah and it's I like, like a horror film in real life yeah i have a video of it if you'd like to see it i can show it to you move over here tiktok we here we go oh it's rat talk <laughs> rat talk's a scream <laughs> featuring regular nighttime excursions to record new york city rats dodging the feet of pedestrians or better yet colliding with them descending like a fireman. Look at this, oh my God. <laughs> Down a pole. Some fans are so into it that instead of visiting the Empire State Building or Lady Liberty, they'd rather take liberties with rats by arranging a rat tour. Like this Pennsylvania man who grabbed a rat's tail at a construction site in Queens. Can we talk about the guy trying to grab the rat's tail? Can we just talk about that announcer voice? <laughs> Like it's like grating on yes. my ears and the and the tune. Yes. It's gotta go. But yeah, you should not grab a rat by the tail. Yeah, I don't know like that's the first thing you thought of. Let me try to grab this rat. I'm in New York. Hey, I'm in New York. I'll grab a rat. Everybody wants a story. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's really what Everybody it is. wants to come home with a story. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, this just furthers my I mean, you know me. You know I can't yeah, this, sleep in a sucker. You know I can't sleep in a sucker. Oh right, I can't because yeah, in 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 like metropolitan areas, it's I think you're excused. Excused, right? Yeah, I mean between cats, squirrels, rats, possums, possums, raccoons, right? Raccoons. I can't do it. Yeah, there is no, but people do. There uh, are people many people that do. do. Many, many of my friends do. I, I, I look. I wish I could. But I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I see the uh, agony all over your face. When the Shulchan Aruch talks about, you know, the person who, who's, who's finicky and they can't, 
They can't sit in the Istiness. Right, thank you. That's me. Yeah. They're thinking about me. Mm. And I can't do it. I don't blame you. I don't think, like, I can't, I don't, I wouldn't, I, like, I'm not here, but I, I don't do it. You're not here. Where are you? I'm going to be in Jersey. Oh, but that's got, that comes with its own whole yeah. slew of, right? Yes. Yes. Wildlife is no joke right. in the tri-state. Yes. Yes. So I will not, I will, unfortunately I will be sleeping in my home, but for those, <laughs> in your comfortable bed, for those who are going to be in this, where we hope you enjoy and power to you. I respect you. By the way, last time I was in Jerusalem, it's the only way to go is sleeping in the sukkah. I don't know. Have you been? I have. It's been it's been some years. Uh, I don't remember sleeping in the sukkah. I was young. When when I I, I do remember. I loved being there on sukkahs. It yeah. was really beautiful. No, last time I did, I was in yeshiva, and there is no indoors. There is no indoors. Everybody brings their bed to the sukkah. That's because it's too kitchen, hot indoors. There's no AC in yeshiva. Kitchen table <laughs> goes to the sukkah. Everything goes to the sukkah. And you live in the sukkah. Which it's is not, the way it's supposed right. to be. There's no question of rain. It's not right. going to rain. Right. Right? So the weather's beautiful. You're in your sukkah, that's where you live the whole week. And it was great. And I miss those days. We just we just don't have that life here in right. Gullis. Well, you could do it in Jersey. Just mm. have to contend with the groundhog and the no, but there's rain. You can't move. Oh, that's your also bed. true. Right, you right, can't move right, your right. couch. You know, no, but because you, could, you don't you know. Cover, you cover the you cover the sukkah when listen, it rains. Listen, if it does rain, whatever's in there, covered or not, is ruined. The mm. moisture, the the humidity, it's just not yeah. practical. You go inside and then you come back out. When it's I'm not saying raining. people don't do it. Many or, people do. Or it. people shouldn't do it. They should. It's of just a should. very different experience when you do it in Israel especially in Yerushalayim, and you know that you're you're set. Well, hopefully, we will be in Jerusalem for good with the coming of the Mashiach. That's a great way to end. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Good yantav, everyone. Good yantav. And don't forget, by the way, we do have a call-in number, so friends, family members who don't have access to the podcast online can call in and listen to any of our podcasts. The call-in number is 605-417-0303, and of course, it will be in the show notes. Thank you guys for listening. If you enjoyed the episode, share it with someone that you think would enjoy it. Of course, you know you can follow us on social. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. Follow us there. You can also reach out to us by email. It's hock, H-O-C-K, at kiddishclubpodcast.com. And you can support the cast by visiting us at buymeacoffee.com slash kiddishclub. The link is in the show notes. And... We are out. Palestinian leader Mahmoud Abbas must stop spreading the horrible anti-Semitic conspiracies against the Jewish people and the Jewish state. And anti-Semitism must be rejected wherever it appears, whether on the left or on the right, whether in the halls of universities or in the halls of the United Nations. As long as I'm Prime Minister of Israel, I will do everything in my power to prevent Iran from getting nuclear weapons. Here's Israel in 1948. It's a tiny country, isolated, surrounded by a hostile Arab world. In our first 70 years, We made peace with Egypt and Jordan. And then in 2020, we made the Abraham Accords peace with another four Arab states. 
Now look at what happens when we make peace between Saudi Arabia and Israel. The whole Middle East changes. We tear down the walls of enmity. We bring the possibility of prosperity and peace to this entire region. And this episode is copyright Kiddish Club Media.